Good morning. My name is Frank Blazak, and I'm a member of Trinity Baptist Church's Mission Committee. This morning, our guest speaker will be Ernie Cabrera, and he'll be bringing a message to us and a little update on his ministry. And along with him this morning is his wife, Daisy. Ernie is now a vice president of Church Partnership for Converge Mid-America Southeast, where he is responsible for church affiliation, pastoral care for pastors, missions, and responsible for all of the Caribbean. By the way, there are 500 churches in this combined district. Welcome, Ernie Cabrera. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be back with you. Uh, I I believe this is my third or fourth time to uh, come, and so I'm I'm very thankful to uh, Dr. Tom to allow me to come back and to be able to share God's Word with you this morning. I know that uh, they're excited to be on their vacation because uh, they've never taken a two-week vacation, uh, is what I've been told, you know, in their ministry, and so this is a great time for them to be able to do that, and I believe next week, um, you know, one of our missionaries from uh, the Caribbean is going to be uh, here next week, uh, Steve Storkel, and he, he works for me, and I know he's going to give you an update on what's going on in Haiti, so I won't give you too much information about that, but with the merger, we've been able to combine our district with the Southeast, with Mid-America. Mid-America is one of our oldest districts, and uh, it goes all the way up to Michigan. Michigan was merged in with um, the district in mid-America for a while. So so we have all the states coming from Michigan, Illinois, all the way down to uh, Louisiana, coming down to Florida, and then all of the Caribbean. And so it, it's just an exciting thing. We have about 500 churches. Our, our movement has about uh, 1,400 churches. Um, and so we're a very large district. But we're seeing some great things happening in the Caribbean. Now, we've affiliated um, about almost 200 churches in the last uh, four or five years in the Caribbean. And so right now we have another 34 churches that are going to be joining us in Haiti. There's another potentially 200 churches that are going to be coming on board. And so we're organizing our movement. And so what we're doing differently in the Caribbean is that we're empowering them to be partner churches. You know, because we've looked at them more as a mission field. But one of the things that I've been talking to the leaders about is that we want to empower them to be partner churches. That they're going to be involved, they're going to participate in the starting of churches, strengthening churches, and then sending out missionaries. Because we believe together we can do a great work to see the gospel spread to the rest of the earth. Because we want to see the, the whole world come to saving faith. Amen? Amen. And so I want to congratulate you as a church. I, I've been hearing from uh, Dr. Tom how this church has been like popping. Okay, I mean, just like that, that video. I mean, that's a popping video. All the energy in that, right? very modern. But, but he says that there, there's lots of new members. We have lots of new membership classes coming on and, and people that are participating and joining. And so the, the message today, I want to gear it to the blessed life, okay, the blessed life. And, and what I'm talking about is, is how to have this blessed life that we talk about. Um, I prepared a very long message, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I changed it, by the way, okay. I, I changed it. 
Uh, I've been preparing to, to preach out of Ecclesiastes. I, I love the book of Ecclesiastes. It's philosophical, right? Um, you know, the, they, they call him, he calls himself the preacher, right? Uh, the, you know, the, the, the king of Jerusalem. Um, and we believe it's Solomon, right? But, but I had that message and it, it was really, I thought, really appropriate for, for this church. But, but the Lord gave me a different message to prepare the church for what's going on because we want to be able to share with the new people that the, the people that are coming to faith the people who want to hear about the gospel about how this blessed life looks like right i mean many of you have been around a while that's why i love coming to preach here because this is a very wise and knowledgeable group amen, amen. come on can i hear it amen amen I mean, this group is a very lively group, and uh, you know, I, you know, a lot of the Caribbean churches always start out their 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 preaching with a hallelujah. Can you guys say hallelujah with me? Hallelujah! 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 hallelujah. So we, we got a little bit Caribbean flair here, right? But 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 it's a great time to worship God because He is alive and He's doing some great work Amen. among our midst, right? Amen? Amen. And and so I just want to encourage you to keep doing this great work, to be able to, to, to now share the gospel with the people who are looking for God because the pandemic has changed everything. You know, this church is not just here in Sun City. This church is an international church now. You guys know that, right? People watch your, your videos online from all over the world. I mean, I've been watching some of the, the different sermons here, okay? I even went back to Pastor Ron and, and listened to one of his messages because I, I, I was checking on the, uh, one of the sermons that I was going to preach and see if he'd already preached it, okay? And, and, and so, so people are, are watching and listening to what this church is doing, amen? amen. And so the, the, the miraculous thing is that, that God is using each and every one of us. And, and he has a phenomenal story to, to tell through our lives. You know, I, many of you have known this if you've come and heard me before. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an immigrant. I came and immigrated to the United States with my parents in 1970. My father came in 69. We landed in San Francisco. And, um, and so I have an immigrant story. My, my dad has a story with having $10 in his pocket, borrowing, you know, his airfare to come here from my granduncle. And, uh, he, and he wanted to come here because he heard the stories of what a great life it is here in the United States. And, uh, and the Philippines used to be part of the United States. It was, it was a commonwealth, and so we feel really tied to the United States. And so when, when we landed here, you know, we were looking for the, this great life, this blessed life, right? And, uh, and so I'm a fourth-generation Christian, so not just... Financially, I already had the blessed life, right? Because I, I knew Christ. And, uh, you know, I, I actually didn't know him. I grew up in the church. But about, at age 10, I came to faith. But, but I think at age 10, I think I was more afraid, though, of, of going to hell than loving Jesus, okay? Because I didn't quite understand. I mean, I, I, I went to, to Sunday school, and I learned the Bible. I learned what, what was being taught. And, and I was a little afraid of going to hell. But, um, you know, fear is the beginning of all wisdom, right? It's the beginning of understanding. And then when I came a little older and I come to understand the love of God and what Jesus Christ did on the cross, that really changed me. That, that really changed my heart. Because when I understood that I did not earn salvation, that salvation was totally free through the, the blood 
of Jesus Christ on the cross that, that cleanses me of all of my sins. That was such a, a liberating feeling. And uh, it, it, it changed me in the way that, you know, I, I was willing to give up my life. Okay, I, I don't know about you, but when you came to Christ, did you walk down the aisle? Okay, many of you did. Okay, I remember age 10, it was a terrifying experience. We don't do it very often anymore. Okay, walking the aisle, I mean, you can accept the Lord really anywhere. You know, you could be at home and accept the Lord. But in church, the practice was that you would walk the aisle and, you know, just as I am, you know, that's, that's, that's the cue to come walk the aisle. And I remember doing it. And it was a beautiful experience because it took everything I had to get up because I was so afraid of what people would say, people would think. But the beautiful thing is that the reality is what God thinks is the most important. Amen? Amen. What, what God thinks is the most important. And so I, I believe the, the United States is now a mission field. Okay, We, we haven't really thought of the, the United States as a mission field, but it is one of the largest mission fields in the world. And uh, as much as the success that we're seeing in this church and some of the other churches that we have, uh, the church in America is not, it's not making the inroads that it used to make into the community, into relationships, into families. And so we want to encourage you to think like missionaries. Amen? Amen. And so as you realize the, the, the place that you're in, in Christ Jesus, as, as believers of, of, and followers of Jesus Christ, that you're committing to this work of evangelism because that's the missing ingredient right now in the American church is evangelism, is being able to share the gospel, being able to, to tell people about the saving grace, about this Jesus that we talk about and that we praise and we say hallelujah to because it's such a big deal. But, but what the church has not done well is not empowered the people. Like we talk about empowering our churches in the Caribbean. We need to empower them to be partners. The reality is we need to do the same with our congregation. We need to empower our people in the congregation that you are partners in the gospel. That that you don't have to rely on just pastors or preachers, you know, giving the word. That you have been empowered with the gospel yourself to be able to tell people about this great life that we have. Amen. Amen. Come on, can I get an amen? amen. All right, let's, let's do the old Baptist way, okay? Amen. amen. This, this, this charge that we have is a privilege, amen? amen. It, it really is a privilege because, you know, while we have the time here on earth, we have this opportunity because we're not going to be able to do this in heaven. There's not going to be any more evangelism in heaven. In heaven, the, the, the chosen has already been brought in. And the work has been done, and we can now enjoy, you know, heaven with being there with the Lord. And I don't know about you, but it's more than fluffy clouds to sit on, right? I mean, I, I know that he has more things for us to do. There's more adventure for us to do in heaven. I really believe that. It's more than what people picture in their mind. And I'm looking forward to that. But what we can do now is evangelize, because we won't be able to do that later. And so I want to encourage this congregation to reach out. Because this may be the last stop for people to find Jesus before they go on into eternity. And so I just want you to think about that because the people around us you know, need to, to understand who Jesus is and for them to have a choice 
to, to make a decision. My, my uncle just passed. Um, he, he, you know, he died of COVID complications. Uh, he was in California. He attended my church. Uh, he, he, he had gone back to the Philippines, you know, uh, just before the pandemic and got stuck there. And uh, they didn't have the vaccine and everything. And so he, he passed. But I praise the Lord that I was able to share the gospel with him. You know, when I was a young preacher, you know, when I was a young pastor, when, when no one really could, could uh, believe that I had any knowledge or wisdom or, you know, I was able to share with my family members. And so I, I shared with them about the gospel. And I believe that he understood who Jesus was. And I believe that he's going to heaven. And that's a wonderful story of, of what we can do individually with the people around us. Because who else are going to reach the people that we know? Who else is going to reach our loved ones that are, are locked in or they're isolated? And I, I was just talking to uh, Brother Wayman you know, earlier. I mean, you know, if we're fortunate, if we live long enough, I mean, we outlive many of our friends. And as we get older, we realize, you know, that, that the people out there that we know, who else is going to talk to them? Because, you know, I, I was told when I was young, if you have five good friends that you can count on your hand, I mean, you're a blessed man, right? I mean, I think about that. And, and I didn't realize it back then because I thought I had lots of friends, right? But, but the reality is as we get older, we have fewer and fewer friends, and we need to make sure we reach out to them. Don't wait for them to come to church. Don't wait for a preacher or pastor or someone to go talk to them. You share with them your story so that they could hear about the marvelous story of God. So we're blessed here in America. And I want to encourage you to think about that, that, um, that we want this blessed life. And so um, I'm going to just try to have some interaction with you this morning. Do you, got, do you want more in life? Do you want more? Or are you done? No, no, I, I know you guys are not done. You guys want more, amen? Amen. We want more of life, right? We want everything that God has in store for us. I mean, I don't know about you, I'm still looking for some more adventures. I'm, I'm looking for some more things to do because God is not finished with me yet. I know he's still working on me. I know that there's places that I haven't gone to that I haven't seen. You know, and then as I get older, it's, it's harder to to want to go. I'd rather just stay home, okay? But, but the reality is we gotta, we got to find our ways to do the things that are going to benefit the world. And so if you want to have a blessed life, if you want the life that is blessed, the, the life that is just overflowing, I, I'm going to share with you what, what's needed. And I, I think it's going to surprise you, the scripture that we're going to talk about, you know, pertaining to this blessed life. And so I want you to, to want more because it's okay to want more. I mean, I want everything that God has for me, all right? And, and when, I, when I die, when I go on to, to, to heaven, I don't want to have a full tank. I want to have an empty tank. I, I want to have used it all for the Lord, amen? amen. I, I, I don't want to die and like, man, I should have used what I had you know, while I had a chance to, because we're not going to take anything with us. You know, the old saying is you're never going to see a, a U-Haul follow um, a hearse, right? I, I did see that in Miami. I, I tried to take a picture of it, but <laughs> uh, my wife and I, we were driving, we were trying to get a picture of that. We, we couldn't get a picture of it, but uh, I did see 
a U-Haul following a hearse, which was a strange thing. It, it was actually an old hearse with a with a uh, U-Haul attachment to it. Okay, so it was not like a truck following it. It was actually a tr- attached to the U-Haul. Okay, so it was a little weird, but I, I thought it would make a, make a good illustration. But but don't we want to give it all? We we don't want to have things left over. Things unsaid, things undone. Let's, let's finish it and get everything done that we need to get done Amen. for the Lord. And so I just want you to think about that today. And so what, what does the blessed life mean? And so I, I looked up in the Bible dictionary what bless or blessing or bless means. Okay, And it says that um, we may say, may God continue to give us blessings, right? Um, it's a synonym. It's a protection, favor, grace. That's what blessing means, okay? And... Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's also um, a word that we use um, in prayers, asking for God's favor and protection. It's, it's for his grace, you know, said before meals, right? Um, a, a beneficial thing for which one is grateful, something that brings well-being and um, sanctioned or support, right? And, and in the Bible, there are several words that are usually translated as, as uh, blessing or bless. The Hebrew word most often translated bless is barak, which can uh, mean to praise, congratulate, or salute. Another word that translates for bless is esher, which means happiness. You know, and I love that word happiness. I mean, it's, 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 it's what we all want. Don't we want to be happy? Okay, I, I, I know that uh, we all want it. It's not always granted. Okay, it's not always granted. But, but there is joy, though, right, that, that comes from the Lord that is eternal. I mean, joy is not just because you're happy. I mean, joy is knowing that he has blessed you and given you favor. And, uh, and the Beatitudes talk about, you know, this blessed state, you know, for, the, for people who are in this blessing and given favor. And as believers, we've been given this favor, haven't we? Can we say amen to that? That any of us who have been given his grace, has received the Holy Spirit, we're blessed. Because no matter what happens to us on this earth, we know that we're taken care of. And so, you know, I I can go to places and I'm not worried about dying. Because that's the least thing that I think about. Because I know I'm going to heaven. I know God has me. He's going to protect me. I just want to make sure that I get the job done. Amen. And so this, this, this world kind of revolves around fear. I mean, this pandemic has brought on fear. And um, I just want you to know that as Christians, we can't live in fear. We need to be free to fear. Right? Freedom of fear is, is great joy, right? It's, it's contentment. It's, it's peace. And, and I just want to encourage you to not live in fear, but to live in this, this state of blessedness, right? That knowing that, that God gives you favor and that you're protected no matter what happens. Because God, no, God has me, and no matter what happens, he's going to protect me, and I'm good either way. And so I have to always remind my wife when I'm going on a mission trip that I'm blessed, right? And, and I know she believes that and she prays for me and makes sure. But, but I'm not worried. I'm not worried to go to places because if I'm there for God, man, it's the way to go. Amen? Amen. It's not, I mean, I want to go while I'm doing God's work, okay? That's, you know, I, I know that um, 
you know, some guys would, would love to, to go while they're preaching a, a sermon. Okay, I, I had a friend who, who did go while he was preaching. It's, it it might have been great for him, but it was not good for the congregation. Okay? <laughs> it was not good for the congregation. Okay, so I, I, I'm not saying that. But, but to, to, to be in this place that you're doing God's work, man, that's, that's, that's where, you know, you're in this blessed state, and no matter what happens, God is going to take care of you. That's what I want to, I want to encourage you to have, is that life. And so we're going to go read um, the, this passage that we're going to talk about. And that, this is my introduction, okay? So I, I, I'm going to make sure the points go a lot faster, okay? Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 8. And uh, this, this, this uh, passage is, is what talks about blessing. And, uh, you know, as we read this, you may think to yourself, well, this doesn't sound like a, a blessing. This sounds like I'm giving something. But I'll tell you, there, there's some nuggets here for us to pull out. So uh, would, would you just stand right now if you can, and, and let's just read God's word. I'll read it for you and just meditate on it and just soak it in because God has some richness in this passage. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. It says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able... To bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are grateful for your word. And, and Lord, this, this passage that talks about us giving, Lord, is, is, is something that we, we, we know by heart, Lord, during a time of giving and time of tithes and, and collection, Lord. But, but, Lord, allow us to just take this in, that this is the kind of life, Lord, that we're supposed to have. Because in this state, Lord, you're able to bless us tremendously. And it says here that you love us. You love us when we're gracious and, and, and givers, Lord. And I pray that you would bless this congregation now as we dissect this word and be able to bring it into action. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So in the, in the Amplified Version, I, I have it in the Amplified Version also. I'll just read it so that you can grasp all of this because there's a lot to take in here. Now remember this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows um, uh, great, generously that, that blessings may come to others will also reap generously and be blessed. Let each one give Thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in Him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. I mean, this is a, a very powerful statement, okay? And uh, I know this is, the, this is what we use all the time when we're taking up the offerings, right? I mean, that's what I remember it for. But this last passage is, is rich, 
Because he's saying, you know, that uh, he loves this, this heart. He loves this attitude. He loves the giver, the, the people that are, are willing to give everything that they have. He says he loves them. I mean, that's a miraculous thing for me to hear that. And so um, let, let me ask you again. I mean, do you want this blessed life? Do you want a life that's fully blessed where, where you have joy? Amen? Amen. This, this life is, is yours already. You just need to grasp it and understand it. Because sometimes we have these bad misconceptions of what it is to be a Christian. Like I said, I mean, I was more afraid of, of God and going to hell than loving God. I mean, I went to church. I did all the right things. I, I, I tried to obey all the commands I could, even though I couldn't, right? And um, it was a misconception that he already paid the price for me. I used to think I had to earn my way to heaven, right? I mean, even though the, the pastor didn't say it, I felt like I needed to add something to it. And, and the saying is you can't add anything to the cross, right? You can't add anything to the cross. Nothing, uh, you know, nothing plus Jesus is everything, right? That's the saying. And you can't add anything to what he's already done. And so in this life, you know, if we understand the blessing that we have to be to be able to give to others. It is a tremendous gift that you give to yourself and for you to understand that. And so we want to talk about that this morning. And I want you to get this blessing because it's the law of reciprocity. It's the law of reciprocity. Many of you have lived many years and seen this, right? And, and you know whatever you planted, the good that you planted in your life is coming out now, right? If, if you haven't seen it, it's coming, Right? And it doesn't mean that you can't plant more things right now. You have still time to plant more good things into your life that you will reap and harvest. Maybe not here, but, but on, in, in heaven, right? Because that's what it says. You know, do not work for things here, but work for heaven. So the, things, the good things that you do, maybe you're going to reap it in heaven. And I want to encourage you to, to, to understand that. Because there's people who have um, maybe sown some bad things in their life. I mean, there, there are a few here, aren't there? <laughs> that may have done some, some bad things in the past. And, and I know that, you know, that there's a penalty for, for doing the wrong things. I mean, God will, God will save you, but, but there's penalties to be paid because I still have paid for penalties that I've done in the past. But the good thing is that God forgives you and there's redemption and there's sanctification. Because God can correct all the bad things, right? If, if given enough time. And so we, we need to understand this as a congregation. If we want to see the church grow and flourish, we need to accept people the way they are. And that God can forgive all their sins. And no matter what they've done, they're valuable to God. Amen? Amen. We have to keep that attitude because sometimes in the church we can forget that. Because we, we've been sanctified for so long, and some of us have been made too perfect, okay? And that uh, it's, it's so hard for people to try to obtain this perfection that you may have. And, uh, and so people need to know that it's okay to be okay with, with not being completely... It's a process. And so as a church, we need to understand that. But we want to encourage them to start sowing good things, Right? Good, good things that will help sanctify their lives. If you cooperate with the Holy Spirit, God will sanctify you more. 
right? If you cooperate with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is to change us because we can't do it by ourselves. The Holy Spirit, but the more we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, the process speeds up, okay? And so we need to cooperate and sow good things into the soil so that we can harvest them because this is a farming statement, okay? I... I would love to be a farmer, okay? I've, I've never been a farmer. I know my, my grandfather was a farmer in the Philippines. You know, he had fields, and I would go on, um, you know, the big oxen. I would ride on the big oxen with him into the field. I remember that as a kid, and I've been chased by one of those. And those are big animals to run from, okay? Um, but but uh, farming is something that I wish I could. I mean, I we did have chickens when I was growing up. We had some acreage, and... You know, I, I remember having chickens with my grandmother, and I would race it. And I, my wife and I dream about just having some chickens in the backyard and having some fresh eggs, right, organic eggs. And, um, but, but this farming thing is, is whatever you sow in, whatever you plant, you will reap. And so I just want to encourage you to, to start planting the good things into your life, and then you will be able to harvest them. Okay, point number two, have a generous attitude. A generous attitude. Second Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I was just talking to a pastor this week. He says, what, what do you believe about tithing? You know, because I have some members who you know, don't believe in tithing. And I said, hey, I, I believe the Old Testament talked about tithing. It, it was a practice because the, the priests gave up their inheritance, they had no work, and so they were taken care of by the people. And so the, the, the things that were tied to the, the, uh, into the temple, that's what the, the priest lived on, right? And that was a practice. But, but tithing in the Old Testament was just giving a, a tenth of whatever you were given. And it's a good, good practice. But I say that the New Testament talks about more than tithing. It goes beyond the tithe because it's, it's, it's generosity, Right? Generosity. Uh, the New Testament teaches that, man, all of it belongs to God. None of it really belongs to us. He's allowed us to be a manager of it. And so when you have that attitude, man, you know what? It's all yours, God. I mean, whatever you want from me, I will do. I mean, let, let me be clear about it. Let me hear from you what you want. I want to make sure I give the minimum, but I want to give more if you tell me to. Right? And so if God tells me to give to certain things, I want to give extra for that because that's what God has blessed me with, right? It's not mine to keep, but for me to manage for him because I have to live in this state of, of knowledge that I'm just a manager. You guys say that with me? I'm just a manager. I'm just a manager. See, that's freeing for, for many of you, okay? Just think about that. You don't have to feel this pressure of keeping up with the Joneses. You don't have to feel this pressure of trying to keep up with what other people are doing. Because if you look around, you're going to find people who are maybe better off than you. Okay, but that's not the, the gauge of success. It's, it's about, about being managers of whatever God's given you. Okay, and whatever he's blessed you with, you have to manage. It's not, the more you've been given, the more you've been charged also. Okay, I'll, I'll have to tell you, I've, been, I've had lots of things, okay, and it's harder to manage lots of things, and there's more pressures in life. Okay, so, but, but I, I want you to have this attitude of gratitude because he's not requiring you to give. He wants you to give out of your own heart where you don't feel like you're pressured to. And that's what the church wants from you also. 
The, the church doesn't want you to be, feel this pressure to give. It's not a, a works thing. It's not a tax. Okay? It, you know, we, we have taxes. The government collects its taxes, and they will always try to get theirs, right? But, but God is not like that. He wants us to be generous with the right heart because this generosity is, is what he's looking for because this next point will really tell us why he wants to have us this generous heart. Because if you have this generous heart, you're truly going to be blessed. Amen? Amen. So we have to be generous with our time, talent, and treasure. You guys know that. The three T's. Time, talent, and treasure. And so I just want to encourage you. Think about your, 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 the time that you've been given. Are you allocating enough time for God's work in your life? It's not just coming on Sunday mornings. not coming to Bible study. Bible studies or going to the choir practice. It's more than that. It's, it's giving your full devotion. Are you praying in the morning? Are you reading his word? Are you, you know, self-feeding yourself? You're not, not relying on other people to feed you. Because at, at the end of the day, God wants you to be teachers of the gospel to others. So, and then your talent. You know, whatever talent you've been given, you've got to use it for him. Okay, that's the joy is using your talent. If you've been given the gift to sing, then sing. I wish I'd been given that talent. I mean, I, I come here and you guys can all sing. I wish I could sing. I, I've tried and my wife said, you'd be perfect if you could sing, okay? But that's my, that's my shortcoming, okay? You know, and uh, so, so that's not my talent. But, but whatever your talents are, you've got to use it. And then your treasure, whatever you've been given, you've got to give that to the Lord, okay? And, and not hold on to it. Like at the end of the day, I mean, it's yours to manage. And then the third point, and I'm getting closer to the end, okay? I know you guys are feeling it, okay? I'm, it's not going to be an hour long. I, I could preach more than an hour. In Asia, if you don't preach more than two to three hours, you're a weak preacher, okay? So, okay, so I, you know, we're not using that standard here, okay? So the third point is God is able. God is able. And this is the power point that really allows you to, to feel this blessing in your life. So verse 8 says this, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I mean, this is a fabulous statement, because he lived, loves the cheerful giver, and he says, I will empower you to give Above and beyond what you're able to give. It's like having a credit card. I, I have a credit card here. Um, this credit card is, think about this, an unlimited balance. Okay, think about that. If you were given a credit card that you can just keep using and you can never run out of money, what, what would you say to that? Use it. use it, right? I mean, use it or lose it, right? I mean... You know, I mean, like I said, I mean, I want, to, I want to go to heaven empty, okay? I want to use everything that I have. I mean, that's what this, this passage is saying, is that, that if you are generous, he will give you more. Can, can I say that again? He will give you more if you're generous. That, that's an amazing statement. Okay, so let, let me talk to you about some different levels. Okay, there are people at different levels. The first level... Is survival mode. I don't know if you've ever been in survival mode where you're just trying to make it. You're 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 like underwater and you got a straw and you're just trying to breathe. You're just you're 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 just in survival mode. Okay, there's there's stability. 
which, which is a great place. Stability is, hey, at least I can make it. I'm, I'm treading water, but I'm, I'm, it's not a problem. I, I can do this, right? Then there's success. Success is now you have abundance. You have more than, than what you need. That's a good place to be, right? And people strive their whole life for that. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the book of Ecclesiastes that I've been studying for a month for you guys, okay, that I was going to preach on, you know, I, I'll just give you a t- tid, tidbit of that. Ecclesiastes talks about the philosophy of life. What is life really all about? And uh, they, they, they call the, the teacher or the preacher, you know, the philosopher really would be the, the right word for that. The philosopher is pitching, you know, his ideas of life. And he's kind of negative. He's like a negative Nelly. I mean, he, he's like the cynic, you know, because, you know, what is life all about? It's all vanity of vanities. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all emptiness. It's, it's a vapor that you're trying to grasp, but you can't hold on to because that's what life is like. He, he's the cynic in, in Ecclesiastes. So I didn't want to preach a downer for you, okay? But, but, but that, that, that's how people see this sometimes, that, that life is so hard and so difficult and and people are striving for success and he's talking about man i've had it all you know and and i've shared with you solomon was a man of wealth because he was he was asked what do you want in a dream and and he asked for wisdom instead of power instead of money instead of popularity instead of pleasure i mean he asked for wisdom and so he was the wisest man he was able to you know, have a large kingdom, and people of the earth came to him for his wisdom. And uh, but but he said in the, in the book of Ecclesiastes, he tried it all. I mean, he he was not a very smart man. Remember, he had a thousand wives. Uh, well, seven hundred wives, three hundred concubines. Okay, he was not a wise man in that area. Okay, uh, because like I I told you before, a smart man knows he only needs one good wife. Right? Amen. Amen. And the women say amen. Okay, so, so, so if you try all of that for success, it's a dead end. That's what the book of Ecclesiastes, it's a dead end. There's, there's no happiness, there's no lasting joy. It's, it's vanity of vanities. Woe under the sun, you know, men toil and, and strive for everything and it's all for nothing. That's, that's what the book of Ecclesiastes, so if, you, if you're feeling good, you know, you may not want to read that book, okay, but if you're feeling a little down, that's a good book, if you're wondering about life, that's a really good book, but, but why are you working so hard for, because success is what we're all striving for, but what, what uh, point three is God is able, because he wants to bless us, this point is about this, it's about significance, See, there's survival mode, there's stability, there's success, and there's ultimately significance. Significance is what we should be striving for in our lives. Amen? Amen. Significance is more than having. It's, no, it's now about giving. It's not about getting anymore. I want to give it away because I have so much. I want to give away everything that I have because I, I don't want to keep it. I want to give it and bless it to others. And that's the life God blesses. That's what, that's what this passage talks about. That, that if you really want to have a blessed life, it's not about having success. It's about significance. It's about giving it away to others. Right? Does that make sense? giving it away, that he has more than enough to bless you with more. 
because he says to the, you know, to the, the servants, you know, the, the, the parable of the talents, right? The one that hid his talent, you know, uh, the master called him the wicked and lazy servant. And he told the, the servants to take his talent and give it to the one that was able to multiply it, right? See, if you're a man or a woman who's blessed and who's giving away everything they have, God will take it away from the wicked, lazy servant and give their talent to you so that you will have more to give away. Amen? Amen. That's the principle here. I just want you to know, if you want to have a blessed life, don't go after success. Go after significance. You've got to bypass success. Get enough that you can give away. Amen? Amen? Get enough so that you can give it away because God will bless you. At the end, that's what life's all about. It's the pursuit of God and his goodness. Enjoy the work that he's given you and to fear him and to do his commands. That's, that's the book of Ecclesiastes. And so I just want to encourage you today. This is the day for you to rethink your life. Because you can start planting good seeds and harvest more things for heaven. Amen? Because you have abundance. You have everything that you need. Amen? Amen. And so I just want you to, to, to leave you with that thought. And think about how you can share that with others. Would you pray with me? And then we'll have Brother Wayman come and and give an invitation afterwards. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your son Jesus and what you've done on the cross. Lord, we know that our eternity is set. And Lord, there's nothing that we have to do to earn salvation that you've freely given to, to that to us, Lord, because of us accepting him and what he's already done for us. Lord, we accept your great love. We accept your great gift. We pray that we would live a life, Lord, that would be uh, pleasing to you, Lord, because we just want to give back to you now and show you our love. We pray, Lord, that we would be able to be a good example to others. And, Lord, that we would be able to share the gospel, that we would be partners together in the gospel so that your, your heaven, Lord, would be full of people that we know. Lord, we are grateful for the opportunity to be givers, Lord, not takers. And we pray that you would use us in mighty ways, that you would use this church, Lord, in great ways, that it would, it would be forced to, to maybe start another service, you know, because the, the services are full. And even with the, the folks that are coming, you know, during the winter times, we're going to have to expand that even more. Or plant more churches, Lord, because there's, there's more people that we're reaching. And that we have a vision to reach the younger generation, Lord. And we want to pass on the blessing to them. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, we pray that you'd make that clear to this congregation. Bless uh, Pastor Tom, Lord, as he, he thinks about your word and thinks about this congregation and thinks about the mission that you've called him on, Lord. I pray you'd bless him and uh, impact him. And, and I pray for the, the deacons and the other leaders in this church, Lord, that they would be impacted in such a way, Lord, that they would find ways to be able to give for your glory, for your honor, for your kingdom, and for the people that you love. Lord, allow us to be a generation, Lord, that would be great givers and be truly blessed. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.